All right, before we get started, I have one question for you. What? Lay it on me. Can you please give us an update on the man that Daisy saw in her room? <laughs> Are you okay? I've been so yeah. worried about you guys. No, I mean, listen, the other morning I woke up at like five in the morning and I heard what I thought of was like. You say like a scratching. I'm going to lose my mind, like scratching on the wall or tap on the window. I don't know. I swear to God, the other morning I woke up and I heard talking like on the street outside. Can you I swear to God, and I, but I only heard it through the baby monitor. Oh my God! <laughs> it, it was one of those things where, in the moment, I was like half asleep, and I was like, "Oh, it's outside." And then, like later in the morning, I was like, "We're haunted!" Hi, Julian Pensavale. Hello, Patrick Hines. Welcome back to episode two, you guys. True crime obsessed. And we are. And we so are. Girl, what are we talking about today? Oh, man, we are talking <laughs> about catfish, which I know oh, like some people might say that's not true crime, but here's why we think it is. Yeah. Because it was the first little foray into the situ- these kinds of situations that are really happening all the time now and have led to true crime situations, murders, kidnappings, whatever. Plus, it's just like creepy and weird, and we're going to cover that it's stuff on this podcast. Totally creepy and weird. Megan is a dancer. She sings. Her sister is an artist. This is the painting of Angela that she did. That's the mom? Yeah. Wow. I know. She's hot. The Facebook family. Well, that's what we'll call them. I really cared about this girl. I've had a real conversation with her. So you're full on going out? I guess I don't know that much about her. I don't really want her getting hurt. I'm not getting hurt. So what's the next move? I think we drive up to Megan's farm in Michigan. This is it. This is it. Just pull up. You want to drive into the driveway? Yeah. What are you, crazy? What do you mean? Drive into the driveway. What do you mean? Don't drive. back into it. Why not? Because then we can't see what's in front of us. I'm all scared. This place gives me creeps. Let's go. It's so funny. I was watching. So, okay. This documentary came out in 2010. It's events that happened like in 2008. And I was thinking today that like it was such a simpler time then. You know what I mean? I was like. At this day and age, you know, if something like this, like, and maybe because of a of a documentary like Catfish, we would be you would you would second guess everything, everything, and now like they have just made this into a television show, by the way, which is not what we're talking about. So sorry, Max, (laughs) you might get your own episode (laughs) one of these days, but we will not be talking about the silver fox that is Max. No, we're just going to talk about the hairy monster that is Neve Schulman. God. Okay, can um, I read my paragraph? Yes, read your paragraph. All right. Oh my God, there's so much to say. Okay, so Catfish is a 2010 documentary by Henry Juiced and Ariel Schulman, which follows Neve, a New York City-based photographer, as he falls in love via Facebook with a young woman in Michigan named Megan. Megan and Neve met because Abby, Megan's eight-year-old sister, an aspiring painter, had been painting some of Neve's photographs. Megan and Abby's mother is Angela. She's also in contact with Neve. As the relationship with Megan seems to be developing via Facebook and phone calls and texts, Neve tries to arrange to meet Megan in real life. And then the documentary takes a shocking turn. An actual shocking turn. An actual shocking yeah. turn. Uh, as Neve and the filmmakers start to piece together the fact that Megan, Abby, and Angela may not 
all be who they say they are or even exist at all. When Neve and the filmmakers surprise the family by showing up unannounced at their home, it's discovered that Angela, Megan and Abby's mother, is behind the entire thing. There's no Megan. Abby is not a painter. Rather, Angela is a lonely but dutiful wife and mother who is also, it seems, a pathological liar. But not a monster. I wrote I wrote that last sentence, and I feel like we need to say that over and over and over again. Like, we'll get to it, but, like, she's doing God's work in some ways. In some ways, yes. You you have to be a certain type of person to do To be living that, the life that she's living out there in Michigan. Yes. I wish she would stop laughing when she... When <laughs> or, she's, like, catfishing when hot, young, hairy guys. When she's called out for these things that she's doing. Yeah. There are so many little twists and turns in yeah. this. Well, let's start at the beginning because I was thinking, you know, in the beginning you see Neve. Neve like shares an office building with his brother, Ariel, and this guy, Henry Juice. And it opens with, you see Neve, who's a photographer, and you come to learn that he's like really passionate about dance and ballet, and he's a photographer, and he's really good at it. And you see him opening these packages, and you come to find out that they're from this like eight-year-old girl that's been painting his photos, and it starts out really sweet. Today is April 9th, 2008, and I'm about to open... Uh, I think the third or fourth box package that Angela, Abby's mom, sent me. Let's see what we got. I'm excited. What are you expecting? I mean, I know there's a couple couple pastel drawings that I really like that I've seen already. But I think there's also some pictures or paintings that I haven't seen. Meanwhile, there's like that super annoyed assistant in the background of every shot who's just trying to sort the mail. Who's <laughs> like, wait, so an eight-year-old sent you this? Like, she, I, I feel like from the the moment they got the first package, she was like, you fellas have fun with this? Because I got some questions. <laughs> this wild goose chase. I'll be over here annoyed and sorting the mail. And actually doing work. <laughs> because someone's got to keep the freaking lights on in this place, and it's going to be me. And it's actually a beautiful drawing. Yeah, it is. It starts out like, wow, you see him like corresponding with Abby and it's just a really kind of adorable. And you learn like right away that Abby's mom is also involved. So it's not creepy. Yeah. Like the reason Neve is talking to Angela on the phone is that she's getting the address and she's doing what a grown up would do. Like a mother. So an eight year old can send her drawings to this person that she's just a fan of. By the way, the drawings come um, in boxes full of um, paper towels. towels. (laughs) I was told that they use paper towel pack. Now we've got not some, but tons of paper towels. They're not taking it out of the plastic and, like, padding them. They're using the actual wrapped paper towels in the plastic as the padding. Yeah, exactly. So it's sort of, like, it sort of just develops from there. You know, like, you see, it's interesting because, you know, if you do any research on this movie, you come to find out that there is some question about, like, how authentic it is as Mm -hmm. a documentary. Like, how, you know, how much did did um, Neve and the filmmakers know when did they actually really know it as it's unfolding and you see it unfolding. I think it's pretty clear that they, it it is as it's presented, but in the beginning it is kind of, you know, like you kind of like, why are they, why is this being filmed? Like he's just like struck up a friendship with like a little eight year old girl. And it's really sweet that, and you know, these paintings aren't masterpieces. It's not like they're probably a little bit better than an eight year old would paint, but they're not like masterpieces. So like, what is interesting about that is my question. Why are they filming it? And I think, yeah, I mean, yes, for sure. But there's also that part of it that lends it to it being real because they are childlike paintings. Yeah. They look like a kid made them. So why would you, in 2008, remember, why would you think, like, this eight-year-old is conning me? 
Oh, of course. That of wouldn't, course. Right, I mean, because yeah. they are childlike and she is, she writes emails and, or he receives emails from, <laughs> signed as Abby and he reads them and they are like what a little kid yeah. could write, which is then now that you think about it, like Angela is sort of a genius at becoming these other characters. This is an email from Abby that I got today. My snake Zoe died today. I didn't even know she had a snake. I kind of thought she was sick since Sunday, and this morning she was almost dead. By the time I got back from school, she was really dead. She didn't eat her last meal, so now I have a pet mouse named Max. He's super it's cute. kind of it's kind of psychotic. Like it, For it is sure. when, as that develops later in the film, it is kind of like oh my god. But so so then so the the film sort of takes off with like you're seeing all of these like connections. So. You, you see Neve discovering that Abby has an older sister named Megan, and he's becoming Facebook friends with all these people. Also, Facebook was kind of new in 2008 to, like, the general population, I It was think. only, like, a few years old, yeah, really, totally. at that point. So, like, you're seeing him sort of, like, discovering, like, oh, my God, Abby's mom is really hot. That's Angela. And she has a sister named Megan who's about my age, and she's also really hot. Yeah. And the story that develops as, like, Neve is getting to know this family is – if you think about it, create like they own a horse farm and they're all musicians and painters. They're and, musicians and painters and models and veterinarians and right, there's exactly. like sixteen zillion things each. Alex the brother is also a music producer right. and a vocalist totally. and a this and he has a band and he owns a surf shop in Michigan. So many of these things would be so easily verifiable, and I really think that Neve is just a hot dummy and just doesn't do it. Like and. Yeah, and and there's no there's no reason to do it, you know, and so like you see, so you see this relationship developing, and 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 what we as an audience are starting to understand is that his brother and Henry are like, this is interesting. We're gonna make a documentary about like your falling in love with this girl via like Facebook, and like to, you know this is an unusual circumstance, and then. I think, like, one of the first really creepy things that happens is when we hear Megan's voice for the first time. Okay, I just got chills yeah. you saying that. Yeah, because you see him talking to Angela, the mom, a mm-hmm. lot. And you and, and they, they, they're not sophisticated filmmakers in that, like, you're not – they don't have it, like, set up to record. Like, you, Neve is literally holding the phone to the camera as they're talking. Right. Hey, Megan? Yeah. Hey, it's Neve. When you hear her voice, it's very like it's whisper. It's someone scared of being caught. It's this whispery, and he even says, "You don't sound anything like I thought you would." Your voice is not at all what I expected. And she like apologizes. She's like, "Sorry." (laughs) No, not no. It's it's. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, mom, is that you? But meanwhile, you're seeing these like pictures of her being flashed up on the screen, and you're like, "Oh my god, she's like so beautiful, and she seems so interesting. She's obviously into photography." Yeah. Well, so anyway, the major turning point in the movie comes the um, Neve and the filmmaker boys get hired to like go do a dance video in Colorado for the mm-hmm. like, Colorado Dance Festival or whatever, mm-hmm. which is a thing apparently. Yeah. So Neve calls Megan and like leaves her a voicemail. Hey, Megan, Neve, six o'clock Sunday. I, you know, I'm leaving tomorrow for Vail. I don't know what your schedule is like for the next two weeks, but Rel and Henry and I are going to be out there till the ninth for the Vail Dance Festival. So, I don't know, but maybe you and your mom and Abby and Joelle should come out for a weekend. They've been talking for months and months and months, like Mm -hmm. nine months at this Mm -hmm. point, and they've never met. And we never see her response, but we see that that she doesn't come. Right. 
Which is like, as we know from seasons and seasons of Catfish, that's red flag number one. Yeah. Exactly. And why haven't you video chatted? <laughs> was that a thing in 2008? I don't know, but I think it, it had to. It was one of those, those like little round things that you put on top of the computer. Yeah. Like a like a webcam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Webcam. Oh, my God. Neve. Neve. All right. So explain <laughs> what happens in Colorado. So they're in Colorado and it's the three of them. And Megan is taking requests for covers because she's a musician to, to them to Neve and his friends yeah megan's taking requests and she'll record a song right now via gchat she's taking requests from neve what do you want me to cover so then they start giving her like horse songs with horses in it because she has all these horses yeah. also because yeah. she's also a veterinarian and right. also a model and a musician and a singer and a recording <laughs> artist and a painter silver stallion any other horse songs that we can think of um uh, Tennessee Stud. Yeah. So then they request this song, Tennessee Stud. She sends it back in 20 minutes. Ooh, she sings. That's good. And they're like, this is super hot. As in, she like, she recorded amazing. it. She sends it back as though she recorded yeah, it. Yeah, like, I did this for you. And it is sort of like a stripped-down version. Then they find out they like google it and they start looking they're like how did she do this in 20 minutes this is good but like how does this happen first time there's any inkling of like wait what's happening like how did she do this in 20 minutes it's insane so then they start googling her other songs now these other songs are on this website that angela has and angela is crediting them so it's like this one song it's all downhill from here Sung by Angela and Megan, produced by Alex. So they're giving credit. Neve is complimenting them on these songs. Your vocals sound so amazing. So they Google, it's all downhill from here, because it's like all three of their favorite song of Megan. It's like, you guys, <laughs> get it together. And it turns out that it's all downhill from here was on the One Tree Hill soundtrack. Right. Like this version of it. Like this version of it. Yeah. And then here's where it starts to like, you actually see the wheels turning and like the horror sinking in, because they are playing them side by side now. I mean, is this not the exact same recording? And Neve's like, this is it. Yeah. This is the same one. And before that, I think Rel, his brother, Ariel, but they call him Rel. Which is the most annoying nickname. Come on. Be <laughs> <Just> Ari. <laughs> and Ariel's a great name. Rel. Rel, I know. Knock it off. Rel. And they're so gorgeous that, of course, they have, like, the most annoying nicknames. They Ugh. can't be perfect, Patrick. Exactly. exactly. So, and then, but Rel is saying, like, oh, so she sent a cover. Like, people have whole careers based on covers. But then when they realize, like, no, she's just ripping songs off YouTube. Yeah. And sending them this, these things. And then Neve calls her out. Via G-chat. Via G-chat. Do you have an explanation for why they sound so similar? It's a cover song. They're supposed to sound similar. And she gets super mad. Yeah. Really defensive. Turns it around. Like, completely typical. Yeah toxic relationship behavior yeah, i'm just like i'm super upset that you would even think that about me right now <laughs> meanwhile it's like 45 year old angela <laughs> on the other side of the computer with so, like a braid down to her knees right so then they start googling everything else a- abby supposedly had this big gallery opening so abby and, again is is the young is like the eight-year-old who right. is like according to the mom is like a painting prodigy who has like all these art openings yeah, and like is being commissioned yeah. by people in, in Bought this a town. a gallery with her own money. <laughs> she's eight. Okay, she's eight years old, everybody. Yeah. Neve, she's eight. She's an eight-year-old <laughs> child. 
And so then, because Angela is now creating this web of lies, really, where that you go, you see all the emails, and it's oh, it's being renovated, and all these details, these really intense details about this warehouse space that she bought for this gallery. They Google it. Guess what? Never under renovation. It's been vacant for four years. They call the realtor. So I was calling uh, about that space you have. I think it's 100 Main Street or? Right, the old Penny. They just completely fabricated the entire renovation. How long has it been empty? Four years. So now they know, but they're not letting on that they know. So the three of them have come together and they're like. But I want to just stop and say that. Yes. like. To, to sort of like further to the point that like ne- Neve did not – I cannot call him Neve. Like it's N-E-V, guys. That's Nev. Like that's just Nev. And his real name is spelled Y-A-N-I-V. Exactly. I rest, <laughs> I, I, the state rests. <laughs> so Neve, um, he looks really devastated. And I think that it's also two things of like he's really devastated and also trying – like he must feel like the world's biggest dummy. And like trying – And he says not- it. I can't believe I didn't – I was so gullible. I'm so embarrassed. And trying not to not to look heartbroken in front of his brother and his friend because who falls in love with a person on the internet? You know what I mean? Meanwhile, I met my husband on the internet. But like <laughs> – well, it's not 2008. Exactly. But here's a question. How, when do you think, I'm sorry, I have to say, when do you think Rel and Henry were kind of like, let's just maybe not tell Neve that this is, do you think there was a point where they were sort of just letting it happen? I think that they're, as far as I can tell from a complete novice, like just a person who likes to watch documentaries, there are certain times that Neve is talking to the camera that I feel like they they were like do that again or like maybe say it this way, but I don't know that like I can. When? Like pin- what parts? Like like in the beginning with the I, pizza. Yeah, oh, I can't. First of all, the first <laughs> shot we see of Neve is like hair crawling out of his shirt. It's like crawling up his neck to envelop his face, and then he's eating a pizza or like a a, a sandwich, just like chomping with his perfect teeth and his mouth open. <laughs> we'll get back to his perfect teeth. His teeth are so yeah. We will get back to his perfect teeth, but. but and Complaining. He's yeah. like, I don't want to do this. Blah, blah, blah. But do you want to be the subject of this documentary or not? No, I don't. This <laughs> about Abby. You want to be the co-subject? No, I don't see why. I don't think I'm that interesting. You're like, okay, so then don't do it, Neve. <laughs> but my face is so gorgeous. I should be on camera. <laughs> but my teeth. Exactly. Damn it, the teeth. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I think that like, this is where the movie sort of becomes like an adventure film because, you know, I'm not going to call him Ralph. Ariel <laughs> says, like, what's the next move? I don't know. What's, uh, what's the next move? Does anyone have any idea? Yeah. What? I think we finish up with Vale. We drive to Michigan. Okay. And we just find out. We just go to yeah. their house. Like, and hello? I literally did Lee Arsenio Hall, like, yeah! <laughs> like, the yeah. fist arm in the air, like, yeah, yeah drive to Michigan. Yeah. You of know? course, because it's like you ha- are discovering something. And at the time, this wasn't a thing that people were talking about people doing. Right. Which totally. I feel like we have to keep reiterating. In 2008, this was not, I know it was happening. Yeah. But also, just like, road trip. Like, you're going to drive from, like, Colorado to, like, the north part of Michigan. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Oh, 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 but before they leave Colorado, they get a phone call on a ski lift. And who's on the other end? 
Abby, the eight-year-old, Abby. sort of, because <laughs> right. Angela's panicking. Right. She's she's starting to know because this is after the fight about the music, right? So she's trying to yes. sprinkle in like, see, I'm totally real. Yeah, 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 totally. No, meanwhile, like, meanwhile, these guys bring their cameras everywhere. They're on a ski lift. They've got their cameras. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Neve is like holding his like 2008 StarTac <laughs> to like as far out as he can to get the audio of right. them of them. But you you hear this like little like you and you cannot tell if it's like a crazy old lady making a little girl voice or if it's a little girl and I still don't know I still don't know if it was Abby or Angela hello hello hi this is Abby Abby yeah hey how are you good happy, really happy happy birthday thanks I got a off of my birthday I think I'm leaning more towards Abby. I think you, there's a point to be made that it could be either way. But yeah. I think it's Abby because she was like, okay, bye. Like, yeah. she had no interest. <laughs> right. So what are you doing? Yeah. You're, having, you're having a big sleepover? I don't want to Um. Well, um, I got to talk to somebody else. Bye. Okay, wait. So they, they leave Colorado. Right. And the next thing we see is them, like, in a car. This is where it becomes, like, a road-tripping horror movie because they're, like – in a car. It's late at night. They're driving down the highway. There's nobody around. Yeah. It's just like the, the shot with the headlights. Yeah. Into They've the got darkness. like super early aughts um, GPS with the suction cup to the window, to the windshield. <laughs> but, but not a webcam. Interesting. But not a webcam. All right, guys. And, and you see them like – and they're, so they're, the idea is that they're going to go to Megan's house first. And Megan lives like 50 miles downstate. Mm-hmm. from where Angela and Abby live. So mm-hmm. they're driving to Megan's house first. And as I got to say, like, as they're, they're like, we're three miles away. I start, I like tensed up because I was like, what is going to happen? Yeah. Because at this point, you know that Megan's not who she says she is, but you don't know that it's right. You Angela, don't know. Like, it, it could be anything, you yeah. know, like she could just be a liar. Like she could be the same person and just totally be a liar. We just don't know anything. Right. So they pull up to this, they pull up to this like farm, and then like Neve has to like talk. Henry's driving. Thank you for having a normal name, Henry. <laughs> Neve has to like convince Henry. So everyone is so scared. Like they're like Henry wants to back into the driveway so that he can like zoom out <laughs> in case. And he's like, like or... the zombies come out of the <laughs> this like dilapidated farmhouse <laughs> at two in the morning. This shouldn't give you the creeps. We're in like a beautiful part of the country, horse farm. No, no, no. Pulling forward. What? What are you, crazy, Henry? What do you mean? Drive into the driveway. What do you mean? Don't back into the driveway. Don't back into it. Why not? Because then we can't see what's in front of us. We know that Megan, that it's the right address, though, because before before they go down the driveway, what happens? (laughs) They go into, this is so illegal. They go into our mailbox and find all the postcards that Neve has written, which he makes a good point. He's like, you're going to go through this elaborate lie and you're not even going to like pick up the postcards but so you also, can talk like, to me about them. Exactly. Like, but then he like takes the postcards. Right. So even and there's, though, like a me- there's, there's, like, there's like an electricity bill in there too. Yeah. He's just like, <laughs> I'm just going to take this. But that's like, not to split hairs. That's a federal offense, everybody. To just steal. Even though they're his letters and this person is lying to them. Right. There's our true crime right there. <laughs> and clearly you pull up to this farmhouse and there's... Not a soul in sight. No. And, but it does not make it any less terrifying when, like, they, you can, they're driving the car on this long driveway towards this, like, white, 
door of a barn and you like it's just black all around them and inside the barn you see the reflection of the car headlights in the windows and it's t- scary yeah like there's a part of it that's like well that's a cave of bodies for sure for sure there's a and million they're bodies all gonna there. like wake up and come alive and exactly come you in yes. about four seconds it was it was it was scary and then all of a sudden they're like there's nothing here yeah and so then they're like armed with the postcards right. and they're going to go surprise Angela for Sunday family breakfast, which starts at 8 a.m. <laughs> and but I love how it's like they believe that that happens, too. They right. just trust her. Totally. Guess what? No family breakfast. is happening. Oh, wait. Can I tell you my favorite line in the entire movie? <laughs> yes. So they're they're also scared to go down the driveway and they're such hot nerds. They're like in the car and they're about to drive down the driveway. And Ariel goes, We're about to get our SAT scores back. Oh, guys, I'm so scared. I mean, it's like we're about to get our SAT scores back. <laughs> That's to him was what blind me? terror feels like. Yeah. Speaking of blind terror, do you want to get into the sexting? So here's what happens they, they've got a 50 mile drive to Angela's house. So they're going to stay at a hotel overnight. And then it gets super creepy. I hate this part so, so like, much. It's so this. I mean, I honestly was like, I'm gonna watch this because I have to see this, but it's it's really disturbing. I have a lot of. Um, I get really embarrassed for people, and the mortification sets in. And this is one of those things where, like, it was the same thing. We're we're talking about this. I have to watch this part. Yeah, yeah. But normally, I would just, I just, it, it really, I can't even make a sentence. It really affects me. Like, yeah, I, just, I know. I can't handle so it. The, at the end of the day, like, so Nevis, like, so since we're gonna, since we, he says something to the effect of, like, since we know that she's not real, do you want to hear like our steamy text ex- exchanges? And I can't even remember them all. No. But it was said something about like cupping her breath. I was just going to say, like, they're like in the, it was like. My body is craving your touch tonight. Me. What exactly would you do if you had me there? I'm going to have to beg you yes. to make love to me. Begging you to make love to me. Me. Begging isn't something you would need to do. In fact, I'm willing to bet that if anything, you might have to beg, beg me to stop. stop. thing to share with your brother and also on camera and I you know. don't know what this is turning into and it's like a, or who is sending you these messages I know, I know i know meanwhile the very best thing that could ever possibly happen is the final text in the exchange which is which neve says happy fourth yay freedom happy fourth yay freedom <laughs> yay which is like he does have the decency to be horrified and like pull the covers up over his face. And then the rest of like half his of perfect, that conversation perfect face. <laughs> with those teeth. I know. And half of the conversation is him under the covers, like through this nervous, mortified laughter, which is actually, I think, really fun filmmaking. Yeah. Because you get like you get that like you like his life is basically falling apart and it's it's still funny to him. Like, it's, it's also great. ridiculous. If you don't laugh, you're going to cry. Right, exactly. It's one of those situations where, like, you could get totally horrified and go into a hole and never talk to anybody again or turn the lights on. Right. Or, like, look at a computer. So or one you of could, the like, things... get to the bottom of it and laugh. So after, like, the dirty, filthy, like, yay, freedom texts, they wake up the next morning and, like, today is the day. The day. They're going to go to Angela's house. Surprise her. Surprise her because... The idea, what what Angela thinks they believe is that there's a family breakfast that happens at 8 a.m. and that everyone's going to be there. Right. Abby's going to be there. Angela's going to be there. It's like there's sun, It's like how Italians do Sunday dinner. Right. They like, have their 8 a.m. breakfast. Exactly. And so, and, and this again, it was like really great filmmaking because 
it's scary. Like you, they're like driving over there, and they are legit scared. Like they're you know like they, they don't know what who's gonna be there, what they're gonna what they're gonna find out, mm-hmm. and. They get to the house and they're just like trying to figure out what to do. And like Henry's going to stay in the car. They you, There's like a, a shot of them pulling over on the highway to like pick flowers yeah, to like bring to the house. And then they wire Neve up with like a remote mic so that we can't – we can hear him, but we can't – they don't have a camera. So like the They're like practicing hugging so exactly, that, it's like, right. that you can't feel it. So and... the camera's on the street and Neve and Ariel are up at the door and they're knocking and knocking and no one's answering. And they're like, someone's in there. There's somebody in the house. Hello? Angela? Yes. Yeah, Hi, nice to see One of the first things out of her mouth was, um, oh, Abby's not here. Yeah. You know. And this is a trend now. This yeah. starts the trend of Angela, without even being asked, offering information right. that's always in the negative. Can you, can we pause for one minute and yes. say like, what, how severely would you be shitting your pants if you had 15 Facebook profiles and you were like, set up this elaborate lie and all of a sudden the person is on your doorstep? You had no prep time. I, I would think that I would be losing my mind, but I would have to think that there's a part of me that would be like, well, today's the day. Right, totally. Like it would, it, it, it had yeah. to happen eventually. Yeah. This wasn't going to – especially with this intimate (laughs) conversation. Like, he knows your address. Yeah. You have created this world that seems kind of real to Neve because Neve needed it. Let's also be honest. We'll get into how it relates to the imposter and how, like, sometimes people believe what they want to believe. The thing is, finally, like, they get a camera. I I guess they get permission to film everybody. And, like, we learn a lot of things about this Angela woman – Real quick. Yeah. And Ariel wants to leave, by the way. Oh, Ariel is losing his mind. Like, and it's like the little subtitles. It's like, I want to leave. I want to leave. And he's like, no. And it's like, again, where's this guy with the mouthful of pizza who didn't want to be on camera? How the tables have turned. I know. And, and like, I love that everyone's like, Ariel, you need to get your shit together, girl. Come on. Yeah. This is your idea. Exactly. You started this whole We're thing. We're going to with this thing. Henry's like, you're acting weird. Yeah. He's, he's not even just like, but it's like Henry wouldn't, like, aren't we all acting weird? This is a, this is a bizarre, insane situation. Everyone is acting the weird. The only one who's not acting weird is Angela. Because <laughs> she's doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing. She's right on par with, with her life. The thing is, so we see Angela, right? And, like, yeah. we've seen pictures of what we think Angela looks like before. I mean, obviously, like, the pictures in the paintings are this, like, gorgeous bombshell young like woman. Like, 28-year-old woman. And this woman just looks like an average 40-year-old woman. Like, nothing obviously is not the pictures you know she's she's just like an average looking 40 year old woman with like a long braid mm-hmm. um i literally had the thought of like oh god i have to learn how to french braid my kids hair like th- that's what i thought when i saw her hair for the first time priorities i know <laughs> but we learned right a- we learned right away that angela lives with two very special needs kids mm-hmm. uh and uh, her husband mm-hmm. and what is his name vincent vince, vince. yeah 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 vince and this is a little out of order, but um, can you explain what we learned about Vince right away? His Vince, level of knowledge. Vince is like super excited to have house guests <laughs> and is just like, where, where are y'all from? Like no <laughs> acknowledgement of maybe why this is happening yeah. or how serious the situation is. He's just like super psyched that, that they drop by. So where are you guys staying tonight? Um, actually, uh... Meanwhile, Ariel is convinced that Vince is going to pull out a sledgehammer and just, like, knock his head off. Right. Yeah. So we learn immediately that these 
twins. They're twin boys. I guess they're kind of around teenage age. They're fully yeah. dependent. Yeah. They are nonverbal. They are in diapers. That dependent. When I yeah. say fully dependent, totally. And the the footage of her caring for them, I could literally, I could literally sob. And they're not hers. No, right. They're from his first marriage. Yeah, which is also adds to the level of like what kind of caring. Well, it just makes it just like adds another layer to this movie because. It's it's so complex. It would be so easy to be like, okay, she lied about everything. She broke this kid's heart. She's a monster. And she just completely isn't. Like she's, you know, we see, I mean, but then, oh my God, the one of the first things she says to Neve when he's like taking her picture is like, I promise it's like it a blown out, hair, it's like blown out sun. <laughs> Why, you're going to cut your hair? No, I started chemotherapy. Oh no, when? Last week. What's, uh, what kind of, you have cancer? Oh, man, that sucks. I'm really sorry and you think that through the rest of the movie that mm-hmm. she has uterine cancer, and then you find out at the end that that was just another lie. Yeah. And so anyway, what, what, how it turns out is that Abby is real. Mm-hmm. She lives with, with Angela and... Vince. Can't remember his name. Anyway, we but like it's suspenseful finding out about Abby because Abby's not there, as like Angela says five times. And then she's like trying to call her in front of air in front of Neve, but like can't reach her. Then she goes inside and all of a sudden she's on the phone with Abby. And, and I'm it's like, super loud where it's like, Abby, right, Yoo-hoo, you have friends. <laughs> well, so she's at a friend's house. They're like at the beach or something. Yeah. And I'm super relieved that Abby exists. Well, at this point, we still don't know. Right. She's like, we're just going to drive down there and see. It's like, oh, drive to their death. Awesome. Right. But like, that's when that's when Ariel really is like, what have I gotten myself like, into? We're not going. No, and they're like, we, we we're going. certainly are. If we, if we are buried in the sand um, underneath this house, we are going to get this yeah. story. I mean, you want me to leave you? In? You need to chill out a little bit. Yeah, I think right now. Yes, things are definitely weird, but I'm not, I don't, you're you're acting weird. So we get to the beach house where Abby is with a friend and like, she's there and like Neve wastes no time getting a minute alone with Abby. Mm -hmm. Abby has no time for it. (laughs) Abby doesn't care. Abby's like a shy eight year old who's like, who is this person? And meanwhile, we think that like Neve and Abby have been having this incredible correspondence. Yeah. She's the biggest fan. He's like cute little innocent. Yeah. Not weird. It really totally. is not weird. Just like uh, talking about her pets and just she her like artwork. She does not know who this person is when she meets him. You could see it on her face. Yeah. Like Angela didn't even prep her. Not, I mean, again, it was a surprise. Yeah. But like, and then Neve or Ariel or someone asks her friend who's there, mm-hmm. which is perfect. Her friend. They're like, oh, do you like Abby's paintings? And uh, the friend is like, um, Abby, she's really paint. Her mom paints a lot, but. Abby doesn't paint that much. Abby doesn't paint. Her mom paints all the time, but Abby like maybe then, draws with pens sometimes and they're like, aha. But then this is like one of the most disturbing things that happens. We both are having a moment about this. I can't, I like can't stop thinking about this idea. Neve says to Abby, like, do you have a sister named Megan or something like that? Or like, have you, does your sister live here or does something? Does she live with you? Yeah. And Abby says sort of just like oddly matter of factly, but she says, no, I haven't seen my sister in a long time. I don't even know what she looks like. I don't even remember what she looks like. Yeah. I never get to talk to her, and I don't even know what she looks like anymore. So they go to dinner, and they go back to the hotel for the night. And also, Henry, like, can't believe that they're spending the night at the hotel, and they're going to go back to the house tomorrow. Yeah. So then they wake up, and it's going to be the next day. Right. One of the things we learn about Neve, we learn about him the next morning. He wears red briefs. Why do we know this? <laughs> 
Because he wakes up the next morning with, and he's just got to turn that camera on and give us some information. Mm-hmm. And he can't be bothered to put on a shirt or a pair of pants. Which, listen, I'm not complaining. <laughs> he looks good in his briefs. But, oh, my God, it's like – it's a lot. It's a little bit much. We do get inf- interesting information. What do we find out? It was all promises. Megan is going to be here. Megan is going to be here. And they were going to like have lunch or something. And then they wake up that morning and Neve has a message. Now here's two texts that I woke up to from Megan Fascio. I can't come home, Neve. I came here with Alex to get help. I have a drinking problem. I can't make it to my mom's today. The real story is that I'm in rehab. Yeah. And she goes on Facebook, like checks into the rehab facility. She did? She posted. It was like, I am traveling to. There's like (gasps) a little shot of that. I I totally missed that. Yeah. And so they're saying that it's kind of a smart move. I don't think I don't really agree with them. I think it's a very obvious desperate move of Angela yeah but they think that they say that it's a smart move because what are you gonna say right and she's out of the picture like whether you believe her or not there's like she's in rehab she's not coming right and you can't be like what kind of a monster does that make you to call bullshit on that right even though I would be like I like show me her birth certificate then yeah like show me something that proves that she's a real human right god you're so smart the birth certificate what a great idea (laughs) at some point they end up on a horse farm to watch Abby like go horseback riding and Neve confronts the shit out of her yeah and he starts by saying we have to talk when we get home and then it just sort of spirals and they have the conversation right then and there but you can imagine that at this point we've sort of put it put it up put it, most of it together not, you know, not everything but pretty much everything and her first reaction is again this giggly kind of shy like oh yeah no and eve's like so we know <laughs> right 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 exactly this. yeah and she is no apology, no remorse, really. Just this shy, giggly situation, I guess. Like, yeah. I don't – is that how you yeah, describe yeah, yeah. No, her? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, she's just kind of like – it looks like she's, like, wants him to hug her. But it's kind of crazy that, like, Neve keeps it really low-key. Oh, that's all right. Oh. It's okay. Nothing to be upset about. I'm just, uh, you know, got a great imagination. And then they end up back at the house and they end up back at the house and like Neve is letting her like paint him, like draw him. And first, you know, she takes us through all the Facebook profiles and we see both cell phones. We see Mm -hmm. like the Megan cell phone and the her cell phone. Mm -hmm. She does the Megan voice for him. He asks for that. Yeah. Just talk to you like Megan. And I don't know if I can get it like this. Which is like, well, I, I mean, I guess just if you're in that situation, like, I just need to see it. I just need to well, hear it. Well, I think it. that we forget that Neva's really suffering a little bit. I think that, like, I saw him in subsequent interviews talking about how, like, he, in his brain, when he was, like, he, in his brain, he was ready to give up his life in New York and, like, become, like, a rancher in they were, he Michigan. He was talking about logistics yeah. in the movie about, like, you know, if there's a, a physical attraction there, I mean, yeah. we would just, it, it would be it would, an, instant would be an instant relationship. So I think that, like, he's, I mean, I think that he is really curbing his theory, his confusion, his, like, real sadness, you know? I think we see Neve as a really complex guy. Yeah, and we do see him sort of... When she's doing the voice and incessantly complimenting his teeth while so he's sitting there. We need to talk about this. Yeah. She's like, she's like, 
what she's like giving him direction. He's sitting there posing for her. And he is not smiling because you could see it in his eyes. He's starting to well up a little bit. Yeah. And she says, how are you feeling? And he says, I just want to go home. And she says, I feel really sorry for you, which is so enraging. You feel you're taking pity on me. You yeah. created this. And like, I'm sorry for the pain I caused you, but not sorry for the her actions. Right. Like yeah. she's sorry that he's upset. But not sorry that she made 15 different Facebook profiles. And then she starts crying about how she always wanted to be a dancer. And it's like, okay, well. It needs to also Me too, Angela. But like. (laughs) And she's saying like, you know, she didn't realize how much she was giving up of her life to like take care of these boys. And and that's when you really do feel for her. Because yeah, I mean, she is without her. But then in the back of my mind, I keep thinking she's got uterine cancer. What if she dies? Right. And who's going to take care of these kids? Yeah. And then you find out in the end, like, that was just a lie. Right. She's also lying to her husband, saying that Neve is paying for all these photos. So then Neve, is it Neve that goes to the husband and is like, what do you think is happening here? I can't remember if it's Neve or Somebody goes to the husband, and his response is crazy. Well, you are her primary customer. Right. Primary. Uh, Very happy with that relationship. Uh, In fact, uh, in a sense, uh, very appreciative of uh, what you have done for her. Because not only is she a good artist, but it takes somebody that appreciates the art. He's like, you know, we're really grateful to you. You're her number one patron. You know, you're paying for all these different... Like, And meanwhile, I'm thinking... She's saying that he, that she's making seven or eight thousand dollars per painting. Right. Where does he think the money is going? Yeah, I mean, they're not living in the lap of luxury. No, they're it's not, a nice house. Yeah, but like, they're not living in a shithole, but right. they're not like if you're making seven, eight thousand dollars for these sort of childlike looking paintings of horses, right? And, yeah. and Neve and Neve's yeah. photos, then where is it all going? You know, so in the end, the resolution is like you know they go back to New York, but they stay friends with her. Like they stay, like they stay, like even after they know that the cancer was fake. Yeah, in the end, it says you know Neve has seven hundred and fifty-two Facebook friends. Angela is one of them. Oh, I can name Facebook friends that I have that are not really my friends. I guess so, but it wasn't like he like cut her out. It wasn't like he was like you ruined my life. Yeah, you're a crazy person. Yeah, you know. I guess he. I mean, you have to have a little bit of. I mean, it's a mental health issue. Yeah, right. You know, so you have to again, like you said, you know, she doesn't have to be considered a monster. Yeah, she's a total sociopath, a psychopath. Um, a narcissist. She's a lot of things, but they all fall under the mental health right totally thing. And I, I think Neve, Neve needed it, just like we were talking about about the imposter. You believe what you want to believe for yeah. a certain amount of time yeah. because you're a lonely person. You're getting attention about your art and your photography. Yeah, and I think they both sort of fed each other until it got too far. You know, I was <clears throat> one of the things I wanted to talk about was, was the ethics of like. You know, Angela, once she understands that she's, like, found out, she was saying that, like, I'm participating in this because I feel like I owe it to you. Mm -hmm. But she's, like, subjecting her family to what must have been horrendous ridicule. Like, this movie came out. It was a hugely popular movie. Yeah. And her poor, you know, eight-year-old daughter, Abby, her poor husband, who, like, looks like a fool in the movie. Like, as a viewer, you're like, this man believes. wake up. But, I mean, like. You know, I mean, if you just if, – if your spouse tells you something, you just believe it, mm-hmm. you know? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. And then, like, for him to, like – you know, what are the ethics involved with that? What do you think Abby's life was like the year that Catfish came out? I mean, I think Abby comes out looking like another victim of this. I mean, sure. th- there are scenes where – But, like, where... she lives with her crazy mother. Totally. And, you know, and in a, in a home that is certainly chaotic and probably – 
maybe something that like a nine or ten year old girl wouldn't want the world knowing about. Of course, for sure. Like um, Angela made some of the poster artwork for the movie. Like she was out there selling her paintings after Catfish was over. And again, I want it to be stated that I do not see her as a monster. I, you know, that scene where she's talking about like what she's given up and how bored she is and how sad she is and how she feels like she has nothing. Like. I'm not saying that I feel like I could be pushed to that point, but it really humanized her, especially when you see the way that she's caring for these two boys, whom without her, what would who would be doing it? Yeah, I, I think the only thing that I can truly believe about Angela is that she takes care of those boys. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the whole cancer thing, like, that seemed legit. Yeah, it did. And then it wasn't. And it's like, okay, well, you can be sad. And it was very, like, vague reasons about why she's sad. Yeah. Like, people get sad and lonely and depressed all the time. Yeah, totally. And I've never created a fake thing, <laughs> let alone 15 of them. You know, it's just like you you make a choice to deal with things in your life in a certain way. And she made a choice to include a ton of people in her depression or her sadness and and then put it on to somebody else yeah like if neve didn't you know get like a network deal from mtv out of this if neve was a different kind of person that could really traumatize somebody uh-huh for sure so but we also know that this happens all the time maybe constantly. not to this extent it can't anymore yeah right there's no way thanks to neve thanks neve <laughs> <laughs> Nev Schulman is so hairy. It's Neve. Neve. (laughs) Give the people the info. Let's get out of here. All right. TrueCrimeObsessed.com. All the links. Follow us on Twitter at TrueCrimeObsessed. No ED. If you have anything that you want us to cover or just like fun things you want to tell us about, please email us TrueCrimeObsessed at gmail.com. And if you want to do some homework for next week, we're going to be covering the new Netflix documentary, Casting John Bonet. But you don't have to have seen it to enjoy the episode. Let's get an old school camera and go take pictures in my kids' room and see if we see any ghosts when we develop <gasps> them in the dark room. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.